that's a passing through spot. So it's good to hear all these testimonies, how God's moving. That should encourage you that he's moving for us, church. He's doing what he said he would do. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> yes I speak freedom to you sis that God's going to free you God's going to bring you into a place of freedom dependence is going to be totally upon him thank God thank God oh, praise God thank God Allie stand and glorify God it's good to see you sis can you just stand up and say something I got her embarrassed <laughs> Just say, praise the Lord. We missed you, sis. We missed every single one. If you don't want to say something, that's okay. I put you, I'll, I'll, I'll hug on people later. Uh, so uh, if you would, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. Palm Sunday. Can you believe we're here already? Time to just keep moving on. Praise God for time. Keep moving on. It stood still. What, what would happen? Uh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. But we're going to read a few verses here and uh, bring some things out that God had revealed to me and showed me. And I believe it and not only be a blessing, but God wants to heal you. Amen. When Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it's finished. The Bible says he took our healing, took the stripes for so many things, but he hung on the cross, shed his life blood that we can have a covenant, a relationship, but his body was given that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That we can be free in all aspects of our life, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Thank God for that, church. That is freedom. I want to rejoice in the good news that we know about, the good news of Jesus Christ himself and what he did. He paid for it. Thank God. We need to step in and say, God, I claim it. Yes. It's mine. Yes. As we heard about finances, we've heard about a place need being sold. God, that's a burden on me. I don't want to carry that anymore. God, I need a healing. Blood clots. They sent me to the doctor, the hospital, and then I come to find out God's my steel, my healer. Yes. Amen. Traveling mercy. Yes. Get it to come up here. Amen. Now she says, God, give me warm weather. <laughs> And then we got one that came on time this morning. And she says, enough's enough. I'm going to be there. Uh, and, and financial blessings we're hearing all over. So, I mean, just so many things. And we thank God for it. Uh, but he is the one. Title of the message, The Tree That Heals. The Tree That Heals. As you open your Bibles, if you were there, Exodus chapter 15, let me welcome those on 
the internet. I almost forget that almost time. One of these days, we are going to have something more, a little bit better where that, okay, we're going to hit a button or whatever, and they're going to speak, and uh, I can just move on in. But we welcome all those from the internet, uh, Facebook, and eventually we're going to be doing some other things in the future. We've been talking about it. So keep us in prayer. I believe God wants us to reach out. You know, by us doing what we're doing, we're reaching beyond the borders of this building, the borders of our community. It's going to Indianapolis. It's going to the northern parts, the, the, the east, west. And I believe God's going to use that to, to bless and do what he needs to do. But we welcome the family outside there. Can we say welcome, church? Uh, yes, I hope you heard that. I don't know if you did or not, but uh, they said all welcome. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, as we do that, as the um, honoring of his word. But I'm going to read a few verses, seven to be exact, verse, starting at verse 20 of Exodus chapter 15. The tree that heals. Verse 20. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels with, and with dances. And Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Myra, they went, they could not drink the waters of Myra for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Myra, which means bitter. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals thee. We could just stop there and say, we've had a good service and go home. Amen. Just with those few words that God spoke. Verse 27, the last verse. Then they came to Eliam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. Aren't you glad God knows how to bring healing? Amen. First time that he spoke about healing was here. And thank God he is our healer. Yes. Oh, thank God. You may be seated in his presence. Something as we look at this, there was a time of celebration as a matter of fact, the camp of Israel had camp meeting. They was all of a sudden tambourines and timbrels and singing and dancing. They just having a high old time. 
They had a good time. They, the Bible says they were shouting and, and God had delivered them out of the Pharaoh's hand. Matter of fact, God just took care of them, drowned them in the sea. They were celebrating a camp meeting. How many's ever been in those services when you said, wow, it couldn't get any better than this. God, we had a good time this morning. God, we didn't want to leave your presence. I just had a good time. And, it's, and it says there was this time when that place took there. Matter of fact, God had brought them out of bondage. Then all of a sudden, from that time of celebration, time of camp meeting, time of that, there's always seasons. God always take you through seasons. God never changes, but the seasons do. And he will take you through those seasons. Even in the snow times. <laughs> Thank God we moved into spring. Thank you for the amen back there. <laughs> One verse after the shout, we see a test. Wilderness. How many has ever uh, gone to those experiences? God, you just took me in. I was shouting and, and glorifying you. And then Monday came. <laughs> God, we had Sunday and then Monday came. <laughs> and what happened? You were shouting on Sunday and you come in on Monday and you're going, oh Lord. The Bible says that it took three day journey in the wilderness. Sun beating down on them because in the wilderness there is not like it is here. It's not like a desert we see here. They have nothing that grows there. I've been there. They were crossing into that. Their mouths were parched, no water. The sun was beating down on them. How many's ever been in the sun before? <laughs> you want to get out of it if you entered long enough. Israel was needing water for their families. I can't just imagine. I just only imagine because what started taking place, how many's ever murmured and complained because you didn't get what you want? Am I the only one? <laughs> I've seen some of you that have this issue they call hangry. You get hungry and you get angry. <laughs> Feed me now, just like a little baby. <laughs> How many's ever seen those babies? <laughs> and they become hangry. <laughs> I'm hungry and feed me now. I want it now. Children of Israel was no different. They were murmuring. They started complaining to Moses. Notice this, when you get into wilderness, what's in will come out. When you get into that hot spot, Things change. What's really deep inside will come out of you. Murmuring, complaining was part of them anyway. They was in there. They, they, did, they were complaining. They cried out to the Lord and they came to Moses, the leader. Israel talked to Moses. What did Moses do? Good leader. He talked to God. Sometimes People want to call up the pastor. Pastor, I'm going to this. And I've had those few phone calls. I've had one father get so upset about his children and I had to put him straight on the phone. Martha says, who is that? Because <laughs> she normally don't hear me talk. I was pretty firm. He wouldn't shut up. And I says, oh, I got to hit him where he needs to be so I can get him to listen. And I did. And he was murmuring, complaining about some things. I says, this is what's going on. But Moses went to the Lord. Moses said, I don't have the water, but God does. Uh, sometimes you can go to friends, you can go to counselors, you can go to this or that and, and go to this place and that and you can cry out, and, but only God has the answer. Amen. 
He says, I am that I am to Moses. I am your healer, he's saying here. I'm the one that can deliver. I'm the one that can bring you refreshing much that you need. But what happened? They come to a watering hole, a pool. And they named it Myra for a reason. Myra means bitter. They rushed up because they were thirsty. They started drinking. It was so bitter that they could not drink it. Imagine taking a little sip. They spit it out. They called the place bitter. How many have ever been to a place where that you feel bitter? Sometimes you even feel bitter at God. They cried out to Moses. Moses cried out to God, brought him to this place called Myra. The Bible says that God brought them into this place for a test. How many have ever been to a place when you thought, oh, finally, I'm in this wilderness and finally it's coming to an end. I found a place, a watering hole, and I'm coming here and it's bitter. How many have ever been bitter at God before? Let's be honest. How many have ever complained to God before? You want to blame this and blame that, and you even blame God. Just sometimes you need to stop and say, God, I'm wrong. God says, I'm going to test you. Water was so bitter they could not drink it. They thought the end was coming to the wilderness, and it wasn't. See, nothing affects you in your life when you think it's over. You think I've gone as far as I can. God, it's over now. I finally arrived, and all of a sudden you find God, this isn't what I was wanting. This isn't what is going to satisfy me. This is not what's going to take place. See, when you think it's over, when you think you're at the end of your wilderness and you dip your fingers into some places and you take it to your mouth or you take it to your heart, it becomes bitter if you don't watch it. Something that was inside Israel, God wanted to remove. It's not so much the exterior, but they were complaining, but that was just from the heart issue. God wants to reveal some things that's in you and he wants to take it out of you. That's the reason why you have tests. There's a lot of people who don't like tests. They don't want tests. But God's going to give it to you. Life give you a test. See, Israel thought that the breakthrough had come. It was at the end. See, this is like you believing for a miracle. You believe for a healing. You believe for many things. Naomi in the Old Testament, her name's means beautiful. But she told after the experience she went through, losing her husband and her two boys, had her two daughter-in-laws left, and one says, I'm coming with you. Your God's going to be my God. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore because I am a bitter woman. I've went through this. How many has ever felt like that in your life? Don't call me that because I've gone through some things. I've had some hurts in my life. I've got some issues in my life, and this is what's happening, and I'm bitter. Sometimes your emotions, you can't even think straight. How many has ever felt that way before? You go to bed and you try to sleep. You can't sleep. It's taken away from you. Bitterness is when you are looking forward to really nothing. And when you hope, it's dried up. You have nothing left. All hope of ever getting out seems to be gone. Seems like what's happening. See, when bitterness, though, gets into your spirit, 
that's when it becomes an issue. The Bible says it becomes a root. And even sometimes when you want to cut it down, those roots are still there. And things can kind of go that way. It seems like everything has gone wrong and you become on edge. How many's ever become on edge before? When you've been praying for something and it doesn't go your way, how many's ever snapped at somebody before? How many's ever said, I can't take it no more? Have you ever done that? Am I speaking to somebody that's been through those situations? You walk around to the house and you start talking, Lord, Lord, I can't take it no more. <laughs> then you get on edge with your husband or your wife or your kids or your friends or wherever it is. Pretty soon you're, you're out of control. People of Israel became out of control. They started crying in the wilderness. They cried to Moses. They, they cried out to the Lord. But God did not respond to their heat that is beating down on them from the sun. He did not respond even to their thirsts or even to the wilderness. But you know what he responded to? The cry. God hears you, church. Every tear that you shed when you think no one is looking, God is recording those tears. God says, I see. There's a book of tears in heaven being written right now. The angels that's writing the book, the scribe, they're writing it down. This is the tears. Some of them are joy, some of them are heartbreak. Can I tell you that that softens God's heart when you cry out? You may not think, but I'm telling you, God listens. You may be going through saying, God, can't you see? God sees everything. Don't you know what I feel like? God understands. Jesus took that on the cross. He knows. But when you start crying out to God, he hears his children's cry. Let me tell you, when a mother knows their child's cry, when that child cries, that's my baby. Don't get in the mother's way because she's going to check on what's going on with the baby. God's the same way. That's my child. I hear them. See, Job's said, I cried out to the Lord and he delivered me. Jonah in the belly of the fish cried out to the Lord and the Lord delivered him. There may be times you're crying out to God, but sometimes he won't deliver the way you think. When the devil says you can't make it, you need to keep on crying out to God because he's your source. The Bible says he is your healer. They were in a situation. They just had been delivered out of bondage. But God says there's more that needs to take place. There's something else that needs to take place. Even though you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there's still some things inside you, God says, we need to get out. That's a process. Transforming your mind into the image of God takes a process. It's not easy. They came to this pool because God led them there. The Bible says God led him to this place. Myra, some of you are probably there now. You're thinking, God, my children are acting up and I don't know what to do. It's driving me up a wall. God, this situation I'm going through, it seems like I'll never get out of this situation with my job, with the finances, with my health. Which way do I go? And it feels like if you don't watch it, it's bitter. It's bitter in your mind and in your heart. These things were in the children of Israel. God was testing them. He led them to the pool because he wanted to test them. Some of you there now. Some of you are, have landed in the place that God has brought you. And you say, God is bitter. I don't like it. 
I don't like what's happening and what's around here. I've been crying out to you. What's going on? See, life will give you some bitter water. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome. Sometimes things you dreamed for falls through. How many ever dreamed of something and it didn't happen? That's bitter water. When a family member disappoints you, that's bitter water. When those times that you pray and pray for a breakthrough and it does not come, that's bitter water. You've been lapping up bitter water. When sometimes when people give you broken promises or things don't work out the way you think, that's bitter water. Sometimes you have a betrayal. Maybe it's in a marriage. Maybe it's with a relationship. Maybe it's with a business deal. That is bitter water. Maybe you've lost a loved one through death and a funeral came. And all of a sudden, you're at a loss and it's bitter water. There's some that never move on from bitter water, from Myra in their life. They hang on to it. They just camp there. God, what am I going to do? See, it's shocking how we can go from rejoicing one moment into bitterness the next. That's just natural progress, a process of people. They get happy. It's, oh, I'm happy. All of a sudden, they get in the low spot. Ups and downs. Never seem to be even. But I know something from the scripture we just read. I just laid the groundwork here, groundwork here, but it says here, there was a tree. In the middle of their crying out to God, no one saw the tree. See, if I was in the heat of the desert, when the sun beating down, you know what I'd be looking for? Not only water, I'd be looking for some shade. But they were blinded to, by what they had been going through and now what they came to. They were blinded. They couldn't see the tree. You know who saw the tree? Only Moses. He saw the tree. So God showed him the tree. See, it, it boggles my mind. If I'm in those situations, I'm going to try to find shelter. But their minds wasn't on that. Their minds was in bitterness. Something that was deep inside them. Something that had happened to them over countless times. <laughs> See, the reason they didn't see, they was blinded. And sometimes, some of you even are here today that you've gone through some things and that's become the blinding spot for you. You can't get out of that. And God always has a remedy. The one thing that I notice, <laughs> it's in a desert. Nothing really grows. I've been there. But all of a sudden, one day, God allowed a seed to come to that place. God allowed the seed to go into the ground. And you know what God did? God watered that seed. That seed started growing. Now, if there's any animals, they're going to look for some vegetation. I truly believe that God maybe even sent an angel to protect that tree. Because he said, there's going to be a group of people that's going to come down this way, and they're going to need this tree. You know, can I tell you that God planted something, an answer for you, a long time ago? 
He's got your answer waiting, but you're so blinded with bitterness. Some people are into that place. They can't see beyond what they've been going through. Their hurts, their, their mental aspirations is gone. Their dreams are gone. I, God, I've lost this one. God, there's no other thing. They can't see out of that. And God says, I've got your answer. Thank God for the answer. Yes. Thank God. God always brings back the things that you need at the right time. That tree had grown up just at the right time and God brought them to their right place. But God was testing them. And you may be going through a test today. Physically, maybe it's emotionally, maybe it's, it's spiritually, maybe it's something that is relational, maybe it's something finances, maybe it's, it's something that the doctor is saying, this it's not working out. And you, you feel captured in some ways by this. Sometimes it's hard to see the trees for the woods. Sometimes it's hard to see the answer because of what is you're facing. And, and that's all you can focus on. See, most cannot see out of their own puddle of bitter water. That's all they could see was the, the puddle of water. I'm dying of thirst. See, I'm thankful that God planted the tree. I'm thankful that God gave the tree. You know what the tree represents? Calvary. Jesus died upon a tree that was cut down. You know what God gave instructions to Moses to do? Go cut the tree down and put it in the water. The remedy that they needed was right before their eyes. Cut it down. Can I tell you this? Trees don't grow overnight. See, when you plant a seed, you're really planting your future. We've got just one tree at our house and we planted it in the front. I mean, that thing was only like this when we planted it. We've been there for a few years now, 15, 16, something like that. You know what it is? I don't know, 20, 30 feet tall now. It's grown. It didn't take overnight. God had planted it just at the right time when Israel came that they could cut it down and put it in there. The Bible says that tree, when it hit the water, it made the water sweet. I can imagine that everybody was skeptical because sometimes when you think God's got, you got to put a tree in the water and make it sweet. Come on, that don't make sense. But it didn't make sense to have one tree out there, just one tree. That was the answer for the whole group. See, God doesn't want you to stay in the land of Myra, in the place of bitterness. God says, you're going to just pass through. See, he made the water sweet to give him strength to carry on. There are times God brings you to those places because he wants to get something out of you that he can place something in you. See, the sweetness of that water gave him strength to move on to the next place. Thank God God has your answer already. But some of you are so blinded with the situations, you can't see the answer. Jesus died on the cross of that Calvary that we could have the answer to every problem we're going through. He said, it is finished. I paid the price. It belongs to me. The inheritance that he gave to me belongs to me, church. I'm claiming it. You need to step in and say, enough with bitterness. Enough with this not looking around. God, you've got the answer for me already. Today, I'm stepping in like Moses. There's the tree. Only Moses could see the tree because he was talking to the Lord. They were talking to man. It's time to talk to the Lord. Allow him to show you that here's the answer. 
Thank God he allowed that seed to be planted at the right time. And he's got your answer. But as many of you can't see it. He preserved it. Time went on. It was there. God knew that one day there would be a crisis that come to Israel. Let's bring it up to where we're at today. God knows every crisis that you go through. God knows every problem that you face. God knows it. He understands it. He's seen it from afar off. And he says, I've already given you the answer. And it's like Calvary. Christ died for me. Christ has the answer. Once you find that the tree is there, you can drink from sweet water. You can drink from that area that God can change the bitterness into sweetness. Aren't you glad that he knows how to change the situation? Even before they needed the answer, God had the answer. Even before you're an, you, you've been crying out, God has the answer already for you, church. This is Palm Sunday. He entered into Jerusalem and we read from scripture. And when he entered, he entered it victoriously. Can I tell you, he left Jerusalem victoriously? He rose from the grave that we can rise up from what we're going through and say, I have life and I have it more abundantly. But more than that, he give me what I need in this life to carry on. Amen. See, before you go home, the tree was already planted. Before you head to your house today, the tree, the answer that God has has already been planted. You just need to say, God, help me to find the answer. Help me to look at the answer, not the bitterness, not the wherewith, not the emotions, which is up and down. God, I can't think. I'm so wore out. I don't know which way to go. And God says, I've got the answer. I've got some sweetness for you for the journey that you're on. God don't want you to stay there in Myra, though. Too many people are camping out in a place of bitterness. They can't move on. Pull up your tent stakes and say, we're moving. So the day of your deliverance has come. Before you get a diagnosis from the doctor, God knows your answer and God has it. It's not in doctors. Too many times people trust in doctors so much they think they're the healers. No, God's the healer. They said, well, time will heal. No, God allows time, but God is the healer. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Jesus, God, we hear from the word of God. Did, did I read correctly? Let me clean my glasses up just a little. Here, let me do this a little bit. Maybe I can see. He said this. He says, for I am the Lord who heals you. And what does he want to heal? First of all, heal the bitterness. Yes. Heal the bitterness. And then he says, I will not place any diseases of Egypt upon you. Now, I'm reading from scripture. It says, what diseases did they have? You know what they had? They had bitterness. Every time Moses showed up, every time God done something through Moses, they got bitter. You thought it was just from Pharaoh, but you read the scriptures. You see, Egypt was bitter. No, we'll let him go. No, we're not. Undecisive. They became angry. They made Israel make bricks without straw. They become angry. That's bitter. They become indecisive in a lot of things they were doing. Sometimes if you stay in there, you become angry if you don't watch it. You stay in that place where I've lost this. I no longer have this. I'm in this. I'm telling you, we need to look at the scripture and find out he is our healer. 
He is the one that wants to bring life. Healing brings life, not death. Thank God. He is my healer. He is my healer. Touch your neighbor and say, he's my healer. See, words have power. And when you speak it from your heart, you decree it in the atmosphere. You decree it to the enemy. You decree it what's going on in your life. The day of your deliverance has already taken place. Decree it. Jesus died on the cross. It's finished. The answer's there. Tell your neighbors, it's only a test. No, that was poor. Tell them it's only a test. That's all it is. You're going to pass it if you take a hold of the instructions God gave. Because Moses said, God was telling Israel that this is only a test. Heed his voice. You know what he was saying? Trust me. Trust me. When it didn't turn out the way that you thought, trust him. Well, sometimes God leads you in a different way. Sometimes if you don't watch it, we can get bitter. God, I thought we was going this direction. God, I thought we was going to head that way. Trust me, I've been there in those places. God, I thought we was heading this way. But I've had to learn over a lot of areas of heartache, which I brought on myself, and say, God, I'm trusting you. And he leads me in the right direction. He gives me the answer that is necessary for the time that we're going. He wants to do the same thing for you. Even before you came to this place today, God brought the answer to you and said, I've got the answer. You need to say, God, thank you for the answer. Thank you for the sweetness you're bringing in my life. See, that tree brought deliverance, brought healing. It brought them to the stage. Don't camp here. This is not your place of camping. See, bitterness was what was in Egypt, and they were around, influenced by that. God says, I don't want that to stay in you. That's the greatest disease that the Egyptians have, was bitterness. Matter of fact, it took them to a place chasing after what they thought they lost. And it, they lost the battle. God is saying, if you'll trust me, I will let not those diseases. I won't let those diseases come upon you. See, bitterness, anger, and even revenge. How many ever have gone through something and says, God, get them? <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> Let's be honest. God, they done me wrong. They spoke to me wrong. God, that boss, he didn't speak right. Take care of him. <laughs> if you don't watch it, it becomes vengeful. And God says, vengeance is mine, say the Lord. Release it. Trust him. God, you know how they walked over me. How many have been hurt with your kids? Let me see the hands. They've got kids. How many have been hurt with the spouse? How many have been hurt with friends? Well, jobs. You've got all these things that come up. God has an answer. See, God says, let me heal and fight for you. Let me bring the healing that you need. Before you can move on, before you can carry on, God says, this is a test if you allow me to heal you of the bitterness. See, God wants to make you better, not bitter. Let that sink in. Don't let things that you go through make you bitter. Allow him to make you better. 
and he does want to take you to that place. In verse 26, we, see, we read that he says, that he pronounces, I'm your healer. God does want to heal the physical. I'm not saying he doesn't. But right now, the first thing he wants to do is heal the heart. Heal the inside of you. You can tell what people have been hurt about or what they talk about. Sometimes they talk about their hurts and you can tell they still got it deep inside. God says, I want to bring it out of you that I can take you to a place that's better than where you're at. Your past will never take you to your future. If you live in your past, you'll never go to your future. It's got you in bondage. And that's what was happening with the children of Israel. They were still in bondage with bitterness deep in their heart. See, God wants to take you from bitterness to bitter waters to a better place. See, there's some people that, uh, there was one lady that her husband brought her up. She was in a wheelchair by this time. And she had a lot of things wrong with her body. And God spoke to me and said, she hasn't forgiven somebody. She holds this against them. And it was one of her family members. And so she came up and I spoke to her. I leaned down. I'm not one to embarrass. I says, you need to forgive some of those. And boy, she looked at me and she goes, I will not forgive that. And I'm going, God, you knew what was going on. She says, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what's happened. She was a bitter woman. All I could do is say, Lord, your will be done. And I backed off. You know, she died in bitterness. They removed her legs. They, she lost her eyesight. She was a bitter person and would not let it go. She camped out in bitterness. She loved it. Some people love to be in that place. I don't like that. Man, it just get it off of me. I don't want to hold any grudge against anybody. I love everybody. I don't care what they do to me. I'm going to love on them. That's God's way. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. He could have had anger. He could have had bitterness towards them. But he says, Father, forgive them. That's the answer, church. Forgive them, God. God, take me out of my past. Take me out of my bitterness. Take me out of that hurtful place and place me where I need to be. We see in verse 27, Elium was a place that God wanted to take them. Elium was a place that God had preserved for them. It wasn't Myra. That's just a stopping point. Life throws you things. But if you allow God to bring the tree and plant it in that place where it needs to be, that's the answer. Calvary was the answer. You know what was that Elium? There was 70 palm trees. And there was 12 wells of water, sweet water. 12 wells of blessings and favor. 12 wells of refreshment. The Bible says when they landed there, they got there, they camped out there. That's the place I want to be. I don't know if they had between the palm trees a hammock or two, and they may have. They probably would have said, bring me my drink of water. Maybe it's a coconut with an umbrella on top of it. I don't know. Let me just sip on that just a little bit. But God's got a place for you, church. And God wants to take you out of the place you're at because there's sometimes emotional issues can bring stress, can bring such bitterness that will never let you go beyond. I've seen time and time when people lose things and places and people 
that they never move out of that into a better place. They stay in the bitter place. Today, on Palm Sunday, God wants to bring you in victory. God wants to take you to the palm trees. <laughs> where shade is, covering is, where comfort is, where coolness is. God wants to bring you in. It's not time to hang on. It's not time to look at the past, but let's move to the future. God's got your answer. You need to look to God. It's not in man. It's not in the government. It's not in doctors. It's not in the banks. It's not in your job, but it's in God. It's not in relationships. We can see that time and time. People trying to get relationships, trying to feel satisfied. It's not in relationships. The only relationship that will matter is the relationship you have with God. Your spouse can't save you. They didn't die for you. Your children didn't die for you. Only one can bring the answer. His name is Jesus. He is the one. <laughs> they got there. And when they got there, they enjoyed what they had. 70 palm trees, 12 wells that was there. Can I tell you this? 12 times more blessings God has for those. 12 more blessings. Thank God for the blessings. 70 times more of shade or covering or comfort or, or even prosperity, if you want to put it that way, because they were prosperous in that place. They camped out there. God does not want you to stop at the bitter place, but head to the better place. Stand to your feet if you would, please. The one thing I noticed, though, they traded one tree for 70. They cut the one tree down so they could have the 70 trees later. See, God wanted to take them from the pool into a well that's so deep and so clear for one broken tree for 70 because Eliam means strong trees strong trees God wants to take you to a place of strength and comfort we sang a song earlier at the end as a matter of fact it goes along with this scripture. This is the first time God spoke about healing. It goes, I am the God that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your healer. I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your Alongside you to bring healing. That healing heal your bitterness. Something that's deep inside. Something that God wants to pull out of you to let you move on beyond that. Don't land in Myra. You need to move beyond that. 
Your word. 